This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Fujifilm X-Pro3, a digital film camera? Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 332. In today's episode, I want to take a look at the Fujifilm X-Pro3 and answer the question, is this a digital film camera? So the Fujifilm X-Pro3 is the third edition in the flagship X-Pro line. And as of this episode, has not been replaced by even a development announcement on an X-Pro4. This camera was originally announced on October 23rd of 2019 and released on November 28th of the same year, 2019. The X-Pro3 is designed to be a mirrorless rangefinder camera. But it is, of course, not a true rangefinder. However... Like the previous models, it does sport a dual OVF-EVF system for its viewfinder and a nod to the film days. The camera sports a lever on the front of the body that allows switching between the OVF and EVF. And once you get used to using the OVF, much like on the X100V, it can be a lot of fun to shoot with this body. Now, Fujifilm built this camera with the street-slash-travel photographer in mind, which is one of the things I love the most about this particular camera. They purposely hid the rear LCD screen, as they want a photographer to, quote, stay in the moment, rather than constantly chimp the back of their camera. The 3-inch rear LCD is there, and you can fold it down to use it for low-shooting or shooting street from the hip to be a little bit more discreet. But when it's flipped up, it is totally hidden. And instead, the camera offers a smaller e-ink style display that is on all the time. Now, the smaller display can be used to display different settings, but by default, it shows a graphical version of the film simulation you are actively using, making it look as though you have a rear window on an analog camera, which shows you the current roll of film. Now, a lot of people have complained that it is too gimmicky and a waste of parts on the camera. But I disagree. As someone who shot film for many years, I love the look and feel of the rear display window. I also think many people spend too much time complaining about stupid stuff when they should just concentrate on their photography and enjoy the experience. Now, the design of the X-Pro3 is all about the experience and less about the tech. But don't get me wrong, this camera sports the same sensor and processor as my X-T4 flagship body does, as well as the X100V and the X-E4. But... The X-Pro3 has a lot of dials and buttons to make it feel more like a film experience, which is what I truly love about this and most all of Fujifilm's cameras. You have the top dials for shutter speed and ISO as a single multifunction dial. 
So you just raise it to change the ISO and then press the center button as you turn to change the shutter speed, which is kind of cool. And I love that dual purpose dial. I think it's a pretty clever invention. The camera also sports the shutter button on top, of course, as well as a programmable button near the top right side of the plate that I use to switch between the three different auto ISO modes on the unit I'm currently using for review for my YouTube channel. Now, the exposure compensation dial is also sitting right behind the shutter, so you have that dial on top as well. And in the center of the top plate, it also has a hot shoe, and of course, the name is stamped on the top left-hand side. Now, unlike the X-T4, which has the EVF in the center of the body, the X-Pro3, like an analog film rangefinder, has the EVF on the left-hand side of the rear of the camera body. Now, on the lower front left side of the body, it has the AF selector switch, which allows you to quickly switch between manual focus, single shot AF, and continuous AF for when you want to shoot fast action like sports and wildlife. On the rear of the body, it has a combination delete and drive button right behind the hot shoe. And just to the right of this is the AEL-AFL or slash AFL button, which I reprogrammed for back, back button focus to make things easier for myself. Now to the right of that button is the rear command dial. And then going down the back, you have the small joystick, the menu OK button, the play button, and the display and back button. Now on the back below the exposure compensation dial is another programmable function button, and then the Q menu button. Now, the X-Pro3, like the X-T4, has dual card slots, which use UHS-2 SD memory cards. So you can use redundant recording options, such as writing JPEGs to card 1 and RAW to card 2. As far as durability goes, the camera has a magnesium frame like the X-T4, but it sports titanium plates for the outer shell, making it even more durable. And the camera comes in three color options, regular black, Dura Black and Dura Silver. Now, for the Dura Black and Dura Silver, the titanium plates on the top and bottom of the body have a special coating on them that helps prevent scratches. And the Dura Silver, the best way to think of that aside from the coating is when you physically look at it, it's, it's a typical Fujifilm black and silver combination color, a throwback to the old film cameras, which is pretty cool. Now, another nice bonus on the X-Pro3 is that it has slightly better weather sealing than the X-T4. So you have some additional peace of mind when you're shooting in rain, snow, or dusty weather conditions. Now, I'm going to take a short break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now, back to the show. And we're back. So continuing on about the X-Pro3, this camera 
feels really good in the hands, and it's no trouble to carry it around all day when shooting travel or street photography. Although for myself, I had to get a hand grip plate due to the fact that I have extremely large hands, and the grip plate makes it easier to hold the camera securely and more comfortably for large-handed people like myself. And I've had to do that with pretty much all of my cameras. Even when I shot Canon, I always had to buy the battery grip or hand grip extensions just because I have large hands. Now, when paired with the XF 23mm f2 lens, this camera gives you the exact same setup as the X100V, but with the added bonus of being an interchangeable lens camera, so you have more flexibility than you do with the X100V. However, it does not have the built-in ND filter, nor the X100V's fantastic leaf shutter system. So you miss out on those. You can, of course, go with the Fujifilm or Viltrox 23mm f1.4 as well. But I opted for the f2 lens, as shooting street, I rarely need 1.4. And both Fujifilm lenses have weather sealing, so that wasn't really an issue. Although the f1.4 model is twice the money. So you're looking at $900 versus like $450 for the F2 model. So that was another reason why I went with that model. And it's smaller and more compact. So it's less of a big lens to lug around. And you want to be as discreet as possible when shooting travel and street photography. Now, the 23mm lens gave, gives you the same field of view as 35mm on a full-frame camera, which, as you know from listening to the show, is, in my opinion the perfect focal length for street photography. Now, I do have the 27mm f2.8 pancake lens from Fujifilm as well for the times when I wanted to be super discreet. I just pair that lens with my X-E4, and I have a 40mm in full-frame equivalent, which is also good for street, but of course not quite as wide. Now, many people will tell you that you cannot do portraits with such a wide lens, but of course, they're totally wrong. I have shot plenty of street portraits with a 35mm field of view. You just have to remember to stand between 6 and 10 feet away from the person so the wide lens doesn't distort their facial features, and then crop into a tighter shot in post-processing at home later on. Now, I'm going to include some sample images in today's show notes so that you can check them out for yourself, including a street portrait that I did. Now, I did capture that one when I was when I was testing out the X100V on loan from Fujifilm, but again, same focal length, same idea. So when I was shooting with the X-Pro3, I tend to think more like I am shooting film because of the retro look of the camera and the rear display that shows what looks like a film roll on the back. Now, the whole thing is all in my head, of course, but it still makes me slow down even more and shoot more carefully as if I'm using film again without the hassle of having to actually develop the film later on. I also tend to shoot in classic chrome film simulation, as I've mentioned before, as I absolutely love that particular look to my final images. So with all the things that Fujifilm does to make their cameras pay homage to the film days, It is the reason why I personally feel that Fujifilm makes the best cameras of any of the manufacturers on the market today. Now, don't get me wrong. Canon, Nikon, Sony, yes, even Pentax, as well as some others, make great cameras. But while all of them, the cameras are just a tool, a means to make images. Where with Fujifilm, the entire process of making images 
is more of an experience. To me personally, Fujifilm has done the most out of all the camera companies to make photography a joy to do. Even when shooting for clients, I am able to truly enjoy the image making experience thanks to all the little things that Fujifilm does to make it a true pleasure every time I pick up one of my camera bodies. And of course, if you enjoy the experience that much, then you'll find yourself grabbing your camera every time you go out, whether it's to purposely shoot street or to just go to the store to pick up groceries. I personally tend to always carry one of my Fujifilm bodies with me everywhere that I go. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 332 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. If you're not currently subscribed to the show, why not? It's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a thing. And I have a massive catalog of back episodes that you can go back and enjoy at your leisure. Now, I also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when new videos release. And also, another reminder, there are seven days left in my current giveaway contest. Now, in the current contest, which ends next week, I will be drawing one lucky winner to receive a brand new Platypod Extreme flat tripod. Now, the prize was donated by the good folks at Platypod, so they sponsor the contest, but not the, the show itself. So I know, I'm true, you know, full transparency, I don't want you to be confused there. And I want to thank once again, Dr. Larry Tiefenbrunn, as well as Skip Cohen for making that happen. These guys are fantastic. I highly suggest you run on over to platypod.com and check out all of the cool gear they have over there. I do have my own permanent discount code, which is LD20. You can use that code to get 20% off on anything you order at Platypod that is Platypod branded. Now, the discount code does not work on the bundles because they're already discounted, and it does not work on Square Jellyfish or Loom Cube products, just on the actual Platypod products. But the code is good all year round, so you can use it as many times as you want. And also be sure to check out my affiliate link for Think Tank. If you go to thinktank.com using my affiliate link, uh, link and order anything from them, you'll get a free gift plus free shipping. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. And if you do order using my affiliate link, you know, the show might make 50 cents or a dollar, whatever the case may be. Uh, just helps pay some of the costs to keep the show going. And I'd greatly appreciate that. So please consider doing that 
and check out all the fantastic gear they have at thinktank.com. If you haven't already seen it, I did recently do a review of the Think Tank mirrorless mover i30 bag. I absolutely love that camera bag. In my opinion, it is the best camera bag you can get, especially for street and travel photography. It is just a phenomenal, high-quality bag that gives you so much flexibility as far as things you can carry when you're out shooting without making your bag too heavy. All right, that's going to wrap this one up. I will see you all again on Sunday.